All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust proof stainless steel hardware, weather ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Can you see it? Did you notice? Check, but the puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! A moment's notice. It arms Canucks fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation, brought to you by the great folks at Zephyr Epic. My name is Dave Cudrelli. I am joined by the man who built the place, Chris Faber. What's going on, man? Episode 111. That's a nice number. 111. It's a pretty solid one for sure. You know, that was um, that was my go-to number for baseball, and most sports, actually. If I had to pick uh, pick of the litter, it was number one. That's what I wore too, but don't don't the small guys usually wear number one? Well, I wore it because I played first base. Okay, and I was the quarterback. So like, also mm. like when I wore a jersey, like I was a huge kid, right? Like I was like six three, six four, like in high school. Like I didn't I didn't grow since I was like twelve years old, probably. <laughs> so when when I wore number one, it was probably like twice the number one that you wore. Like it was a lot of that yeah. one number. So I thought it always kind of looked funny to have like one number that was way bigger than everyone else because other people would wear like. Like my shirt size was like double XL when I was thirteen. So like the number one on a double XL looks a lot different than someone wearing like fourteen in a small shirt. Man, I remember having to pitch to guys like you. Yeah. Like the big left handed first baseman that hit four stick looked yeah. like he'd just finished <laughs> wrestling bears before the game for his warm up. You know what was the best was like we did this a lot when we went to like a lot of regional tournaments. We'd go down to the States and play in Montana or Oregon and Washington and stuff. And, you know, BC would come down, Alberta would bring a team down. And normally at these tournaments, they would have, um, sometimes they would have like a base running competition. You'd see who's the fastest guy there. Yep. But then they would also have the home run derby. And that's where each team, like, and you were getting like, 
the beefiest kid yeah. from each region, yep. right? So you had the biggest kid from like Utah, the biggest kid from Montana, the biggest kid from Alberta. Then you had me like representing BC because I was just <laughs> a monster kid at the time. And like you just saw like us standing there and it looked like we were like we were all like bigger than the coaches that were throwing batting oh, practice. That to is us, right? awesome. And that was a lot of fun. And then like, yeah, we were like 13 years old, like playing on like MLB size stadiums. And like still hitting them out at the time because it was like it was the big boys like and like they'd introduce us it's like now thirteen years old six foot three two hundred and sixty <laughs> pounds and then like intro one of us is like geez you're playing against monsters I still remember the first time we were in a home run derby and there was a fourteen year old maybe thirteen and he was three hundred pounds and I was thinking like and like, we're like okay this kid's like he was like six six three hundred pounds and we're like I don't know about this like. It was uh, very much 12. like the, yeah, the benchwarmers, <laughs> I am 12 thing. So, yeah, I don't know. Number one, is it's it's a lot of fun. And, yeah, seeing three of them on one name or one number of the episode, that's kind of fun to do. So, My number for baseball, I wore 24 for a bit because I was a big Mariano Rivera fan, but I didn't want to wear 42, so I wore 24. And Robinson mm-hmm. Cano, you know, I'm a Yankees fan, yep. right? Got my guys there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I switched to number one maybe in Bantam, so when I was like 15, because, uh, you know, I was one of the smaller kids. I was fast. Uh, I could hit for contact. I hit one home run my whole life, and it was just because I got extremely lucky. <laughs> I had a lot of inside the Parkers, but, uh, yeah, it was it was not it was not fun watching me try to hit bombs. Oh, no. no Good like contact a- hitter, though, man. I'll tell you. I, yeah. I, I, like, never struck out. That's good. I struck out a lot. I bet. I couldn't hit a curveball or anything. But Really? Hey, if you can't tell, uh, there's not a lot of Canucks news. Um, <laughs> yeah. Right oh, yeah. By the way, we've talked about youth <laughs> baseball, talked about our glory days for the first, what is it, seven minutes of the show? No, we haven't gotten that. Oh, that's good. We've only got we, five minutes. We do have some news. Well, the, let me talk about Canucks my pitch repertoire Ky- first. Okay, yeah, I'm just kidding. It. I'm kidding. <laughs> well, Jake Kiley signed um, with the Vancouver Canucks, and <laughs> we joked about this, like, Okay, when the Canucks make a <laughs> signing, they post it on at Canucks on Twitter, right? Yeah, You'll see it yeah. on at Canucks on Instagram, on Facebook, all the at Canucks. They didn't even post the signing on at Canucks. It was PR. It was at Canucks PR, <laughs> which is like the account that we follow to know when like a Zoom meeting is Yeah, happen, when we right? get to go to their rink, yeah. that sort of and stuff. And it's just like they posted it, like the PR account posted it. I was like, oh, it's you know, not a great look for, for Jake <laughs> Kiley, but... Honestly, I actually really like Jake Kylie and the organization as a guy who's going to play alongside Mikey DiPietro in the AHL. And with what's going on in the AHL, some of the stuff that we've heard, and I think it was in Elliot Friedman's most recent yeah, yes. thoughts, um, it looks like those teams, and there was three of them, I think we talked about this harm a little bit on the last episode too, but like it looks like those three teams could be coming up to Canada, and it makes a lot of sense for the Canucks to have their team in Langley. Like, what would you think about that? And how do you, like, how do you think the, cause like I watch a lot of HL. I feel like I'm in it and I talk to a lot of people around it. Like, how do you think, cause you're not as much into the yep, HL yep. as I am. What do you think like is going to happen next year for the HL? Well, okay. So if they do this Canadian thing where they bring up the teams and you said there's three teams that would need to come up the Comets and then who else? It's like the Oilers team or sorry, the Flames team is the Stockton Heat. And then the Oilers have the Bakersfield Condors. Yep, if I'm yep. okay, so those are the three, right? Yep. And then so they'd come up, and they would have to play nearby because the reasoning is you'd have to quarantine for 14 days if you came from the states. Exactly, yep. and assuming the rules don't change by then, so yeah, it makes sense. I mean, what's AHL hockey going to look like next year, though? Because these guys still get paid, right? And I mean, if they're not being, if there's no gate revenue, especially for a team like the Comets who rely so heavily on it. What is it going to look like? Like, you know what I could see happening is bringing the whole team up, like the Comets or whatever, and having them kind of just scrimmage against each other and try and get like maybe one or two other teams. Maybe you know what's an interesting thought. Yeah. And just the way that you said it there, it's like, so we've heard the idea float around, uh, you know, that we'll talk about this later on in the episode too, but like an all Canadian division. Yep. You wonder if like maybe the AHL team would almost travel with the NHL team. Like if it's going to be like the Canucks go to play Toronto for seven straight games, yeah, right? Like that's something that they've heard out there. It's going to limit travel. You're not going to be bouncing all through Canada. You actually go to one spot, play all your games, move on to the next one. Yeah. It'd be kind of cool to have the AHL team like playing between, right? Huh. Like maybe the yeah. Canucks play the Leafs on Monday. And then the Marlies, yeah. The Marlies I gotcha. play the Comets on Tuesday, you know, and then like it kind of rolls like something. Like that yeah, would be a, something yeah. that would be really interesting. That's me. outside the box. I don't, yeah, that, that'd be interesting. But yeah, that's pretty cool, man. It's and then be... you're, you're actually like, like for money wise and the AHL is worried about money and not getting yeah. revenue. They're going to be able to, to like actually travel with the team. You can kind of do it on like the same fund. Like I'm sure they can all fit on one of the big planes. 
Well, well, I don't know about that. Well, they get a bigger plane or something. Then I don't. Know. I they guess figure you'd it have out. to get a bigger plane. Anyways, what? like, or maybe like they have just to get just a bigger plane. Canucks jump on the plane. They just jump on a bus. They're like <laughs> busing from Vancouver all the way to Toronto. It's like oh, awesome. <laughs> oh my god, HL life. That would be riding the bus with Corey Hergar right there. Corey would be on that bus with them. You know that. <laughs> No, McEwen be on the plane. I told Corey uh, in our because you and I have a message with Corey. I told him if, if they if the Canucks or if the Comets do come to to LEC and they start playing Langley, yeah, we get to meet like, up. I told with Corey, Corey uh, we're opening up a room for him. He can come stay with me because uh, I'm like I'm like ten fifteen minutes away. I'll be at all those games if they are, which is I'm excited to like actually get WHL just announced that they're starting on the eighth yep. of January. That's gonna be fun. I'm curious how that's gonna work with media members being in there and how we're gonna be able to deal with players because. Last year at the LEC, we were able to like go down after every game. Yeah, Dan O'Connor, <laughs> uh, yeah, Dan O'Connor would go. He's like, "Who do you guys want?" You know, Bowen Byram came out every time. I got to talk to Bowen Byram every night. Um, you know, even like Justin Sordiff, uh, lots of these guys, like every the big name players that I wanted to talk to. Like they were all coming out, and you could deal with them on a nightly basis. And and Dano was awesome, like bringing them out to us and stuff. But this year, like I'm so curious how that's going to work. And we even, you know, we had lunch with Drancer on uh, on Thursday. Pastor yep. Amore did it up. It was a good time. And we were kind of talking about that too, like how the media is going to work with it. Because like, I wonder, he said that like, they like the zoom ideas, right? Like they, you know, they only yeah. have to see the media for like 15, 20 minutes and they're good for like the whole time. Like they don't oh, have to come yeah, out after practice, it. but we saw it at, in the bubble that, you know, there were reporters there that would be on like the other side of the room and they would come up to a podium and speak to the guy. Right. You didn't see it often, but you saw that sometimes in there. Like, and I found that kind of interesting too. So like, I was super curious to see what, what's going to happen for what these players available availability is going to be like going into it because it's what they had to do in the playoffs was a lot easier than having a bunch of reporters storm the room after every game or after every practice and be in everybody's face. I feel like they, they kind of liked it more with the zoom, but at first I thought they didn't, you know, cause it's like, it takes about an hour to get done, right? Yeah. Like to get through all the players and coaches, like it, it, it takes a long time. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm curious to see how that's going to work because the NHL wants to start in January and I, I think they are going to start. Look, the, the content that we're able to get from this, you know, and I, I'm not saying anybody, we've all done an exceptional job in Vancouver. I think everybody's done a great job given the circumstances, but you can't sit there and tell me that our jobs are not significantly harder trying to get quotes from these guys over zoom. When you get one question, it's hard to make a story out of that man about well, anything. And you even, look at what botch did mm-hmm. like the quotes he was getting from players. There's no, there's no way he get that over zoom. Yeah. And I mean, it's just like you, if you want good content and you want good coverage. And I think that's the standard in Vancouver you've you've got to have people in the dressing room but again like i'm not saying they gotta put people in it's just it's tough because it's such a balance you've got to give at least more than one question yeah and i think it was you saw that on the nate schmidt interview with transfer like like because i know Schmidt asked him back he's like well like how'd you figure that out man and then he like waited a second and he's like oh like you i can't hear back from you you can't hear back because they mute you as soon as you ask your question And that's so. not Canucks PR's fault. That's the NHL's fault. Yep. Like, that's the protocol that they're oh, no, adhering exactly. to. Like, that's how it's working right now. And it sucks because, you know, Drance wrote a great story about it. But, man, how awesome would that story be if he was able to get Honestly, more Honestly, it's probably Schmidt. good that they muted Drance's mic. You'd hear him freaking cackling the whole time. <laughs> and he laughs at everything so damn hard every time oh, he does man. a media interview. I love Drance's laugh. He was laughing at lunch yesterday. That was fun. Yeah, he... Okay, so we talk about Pastor Mori quite a bit. We had our regular penne toto with mo- with meatballs that we get. Yeah. He had a chicken parm, and that thing could have taken up a plate and a half. Oh, yeah. That thing was massive, He man. crushed it, too. Straight up, we got no free ads on the show, but Pastor Mori, like, they, they treat us good. They knew as soon as we walked in oh, this time, gosh. too. Drance got, a, Drance got a good laugh out he of that. As soon as, as, soon yeah. as the waitress walks up to our table, she's like, oh, focaccia? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like, yeah, we come here she, a lot. she knew the focaccia was coming right off the bat, and... Are we going to tell the, the Italian story, the quadfather story a little bit or no? Which one? The oh, quadfather's No, no, no. Lunch? We're not telling oh, that story. On. We're not telling. Okay. Behind the paywall? Can we do it? We'll, we'll do, we'll it, do it behind the paywall. Okay. We'll tell that story behind the paywall on the Canucks Convo Patreon. $10 a month gets you the hero tier. So you get t-shirt. bonus content and a t-shirt mailed out to you and some hockey cards. We just throw stuff in the package. It's yeah. just kind of like a mystery package. We don't even know what's going in it. No, five dollars will get you the audio though. If you don't want a T-shirt or yeah. anything, yeah, we'll talk about it on the next Faber and Quads shoot the bleep. That'll be fun. Yeah. Uh, okay, we'll get to that uh, on the Patreon on a Monday then, or whenever that comes out. Uh, aside from that, the Jake Kylie signing is fine. It's a guy who's going to go play backup in the AHL. You know, Richard Bachman was there last year. He's now a coach. 
Um, you know, certain players that came through there, like Louis Domingue was kind of signed to be in that role. Obviously, he went to the Calgary Canucks as well. Um, and then, yeah, it's just, you know, Jake Kiley seems like a guy who came out of college that they wanted to give a shot. He only played two games last year for the Comets. I saw he had a really good game, actually. I think he allowed one goal on like 30-something shots. I remember him playing one really good game, and I think the other one wasn't bad either. Like, he played in two games. One of them might have been in relief, actually. But one of the, he played one really good game for the Comets last year. So uh, I'm interested to see what he can do a little bit more as like a backup role. And like I know we talked about it earlier in the episode, but like I really like the idea now of like Canucks play on Monday, Comets play on Tuesday. Like I really like the idea of the AHL teams traveling with their Canadian teams. That would be, you know, I haven't had that. I haven't heard that idea floated by anyone, but I really like it. Like the more I think about it, yeah. I mean, it's a great idea. I just don't know if it'll actually happen. Yeah. But what I do want to ask you about the Kylie situation is: Do you still do you think the Canucks are going to sign a veteran backup similar to Z- uh, Zane McIntyre or do like we, a Richard Bachman? Do you think they're going to like sign an one? AHL backup? Yeah, like an AHL backup for Mikey. I don't think he needs it this year as much as he did last year. I think, like, I think that he's he took over the starter role last year. You know, he's going to be what 21, 22 now yeah. going into this season. He's at the same age that Thatcher Demko took over the starting spot, like full time. He's actually ahead of schedule of what mm-hmm. Thatcher Demko took over the starter in the HL. He's a year ahead of him, I believe. And looking at what what Di Pietro's situation is going to be like, maybe he doesn't really need that guy to baby him anymore. You know, like he's done a full year now on the circuit with them. He gets he's been in NHL games multiple times, done a bunch of camps with the Canucks. I don't think he needs it anymore. I think Jake Kylie's a good guy to have in there because there's a reason they went out and draft like picked him up from the NCAA like we all talk about you know like what Ian Clark does for this team looking for guys in the draft he's obviously doing the same thing in NCAA he's looking at the way these guys shape Jake Kylie's a big dude he's a big six foot five guy six foot four goaltender he's a big guy he looks huge on the ice his pads look massive he looks like he's playing in the early 2000s like he's a massive goaltender and I don't think he stuck out at training camp, like the first training camp in Victoria, as much as Arthur Sillows did, um, who I got to get an eye on. But he plays at 3.30 in the morning. I'm like, I got to draw the line somewhere. I feel like, like I'm yeah, good you can't to do stay all up. hours of the night. I'll stay up till 1 and watch a game that ends at like 3.30. And I'll wake up at 5 like I did this morning. But 3.30 is like, in, it's so in between like staying up late and getting up ridiculously early like if the game's at 3 30 I, I just i gotta take that one off like and it, it's arjo sillips it was hoglander or pod colson i'd probably probably would get up for that one um but man we gotta talk about pods later on this episode too yeah, man. We it's, will. Oh, well it's tough to i gotta look. do a thing on sillips you know i like the yep. goaltenders i gotta do a nice little report well, 3 30 man you what are you doing tomorrow i'm gonna get the shift package tomorrow morning. i'm gonna get the shift package yeah yeah i'm not gonna stay up till you editors have it so easy man you get shift packages <laughs> given to you I gotta ask for it, but yeah. Oh man, it's it's. Speaking of editing and Canucks Army, holy cow, the content going up right now, man. Canucks Army's bumping. Canucks Army is bumping. I'm telling you, you got that right. Yep, our our page views are up. I'm very very pleased with uh, with everybody's performance. Doing Drance numbers over here. Doing Drance numbers. Doing Drance numbers right now. It's good. It's good time. So go check yeah. out Canucks the Army. Yeah, the site's been a lot of fun lately, man. Okay, we gotta we gotta we gotta talk a little bit about the main team though. How long have we gone into this without talking about the actual Canucks? 17 minutes almost. Okay, so let's let's get into it here. So, you know, we've got a few question marks still. Looking at that top six, Chris, you know, speaking of Canucks Army, whatever, there was the top 12 forwards that the Canucks could still get to play in the top six. Was there a name on that list who you saw and you were like, okay, like, that's the guy I want? Um, or do you have a guy of your own? Well, I, like, Mike Hoffman was the name that pops off because, like, I heard rumblings that they were talking to him. Yep. I didn't want to report on it because like, it was like a source I didn't really trust, but I heard Drancer report it, yep. uh, that they have had conversations with him and told him that they can't get a contract to him until they move money out. So I peeped into the Berchi camp a little bit, and they're trying to get moved, and they were trying to say that they want the Canucks to hold on to half the money, and that's something the Canucks just don't want to do. So unfortunately... You know, if they if they even if they hold on to half the money of Berchi, you're basically like saving like a few hundred thousand dollars compared to what you are sending him down to the minors. Yeah. And I'm sorry, but like Sven Berchi is not going to play for Travis Green. No, he's not. Or sorry, he'll play for Travis Green, but Travis Green is not going to play Sven Berchi. Yeah, no, he's not. After training <laughs> camp, it was not a good good scene between those two. Uh, him being sent down obviously rubbed him the wrong way. Um, and I don't think that Travis is going to circle back anytime on, uh, on Sven Berchi at all. So, uh, that, you know, I like 
thinking about it like a year ago, even like a year and a half ago, looking at that season of the Canucks, like Sven Berchi would make a lot of sense to go up and play with Tanner Pearson and Bo Horvat, right? Yeah. Like it, I think he would be a better like fit in that spot than Jake Vertanen. Like Jake Vertanen has to be on the line with Pedersen and Miller to have any success in a top six. So what I will say similar to Vertanen, the only way Berchi or Vertanen fits on that line is if the nature of the second line changes. If the Canucks have a legitimate two-way third line center, like a Philip Denol or Sorelli, whatever playing that can play the big minutes that's the only way that Berchi can go in the top six. But right now, he's just it, he doesn't have enough defensive capabilities for Travis Green to trust him in that role. And again, same with Jake Vertanen. We've seen what that line does together. If they're going to be facing tough matchups like the Horvat line has been, I don't know. Like that, that's not going to be something that can even happen. No. Again, they need a third line center to do that. But you know, on the topic of matchups, I do want to ask you a bit because you know I wrote about this later in the season. Because it happened late in the season. That last game against the Islanders in the 2019-20 season before the pandemic uh, shut everything down. Elias Pettersson played a matchup role. And when I was looking at what the Canucks were going to get in a matchup with the Minnesota Wild, I also wrote about it again. And I was saying, like, are we going to see Elias Pettersson in a matchup role? And sure enough, that's what we saw. Elias Pettersson was playing against the best lines Minnesota had to offer. You know, Travis Green was hard matching him against St. Louis. And yeah, Ryan O'Reilly got the best of him. But again, like, if Pedersen's trust enough to go up against O'Reilly, like, are we seeing a shift at the start of next season? Is Pedersen going to be playing in a matchup role and just absolutely dominating? Like, yeah, has not, it, if, not if Jake Vertanen has to play there. Exactly. You know? And that's my point. So that's why I think the lotto line has to stay together. Because if you want if you want to have that dominant line that can just go up against the opposition's best and simply outplay them, which I think the lotto line can, especially when they're firing on all cylinders, do you then, like, where does Jake Vertanen fit then? I guess it's the third line. So. Hold on, Chris. Are we looking at Louis Erickson on the second line once again? Well, no, because you're not going to... Then you have, like, if you're matching up the Pedersen line against their best line, you don't have to worry about the Horvat line going up there anymore. That's you can, true. You can place Horvat in an actual second line but, center role. But what they were doing in the playoffs was they were kind of cycling them through. Like, it was the Horvat line, the Pedersen line, they were all playing the matchups. Like, it, was, it wasn't like a hard match for a lot of the time. And then, you know, we saw O'Reilly... Um, away from Horvat on again in the blue series and that's kind of yeah. why Horvat had such a great series, right? Yeah, well the the thing is that like Jake Jake can't play on Horvat's line. Yeah, exactly. Such and that's another player exactly. and they don't play well together. Um you know, Horvat's a guy who's going to be able to to track a man in the defensive zone and be able to be all over a Connor McDavid or all over a Leon Draisaitl or a Nate McKinnon like he's going to shadow him, right? Like that's what Horvat's going to be able to do. And if you have Horvat, it doesn't even have to be like the best players in the league. It just has to be the best player on the team. Like Horvat's going to be all around him, right? Like that's why Horvat goes out there and is used in that line. Tanner Pearson on that line, he does a good job of getting involved in board battles. He's a great guy. He's got a strong stick. Like mm-hmm. I always say, it feels like Tanner Pearson's stick is made out of steel because like he's got a strong stick. When he is, you know, blade to blade against a guy with the puck in between, Pearson wins a lot of those. That's where like, yep. that's where I like what Pearson can bring to a team. Jake Vertanen is just floating at that point with the, yep. with that line, and it really doesn't fit in the defensive zone. In the offensive zone, like, sure, Jake Vertanen coming down the wing and being the shooter instead of Tanner Pearson probably generates more offense, right? Like, Tanner Pearson, we saw him score a couple of big goals in the playoffs, um, you know, in the play-in series as well. Like, he, he scored a couple of really nice shots. Like, he came in and made a couple of shots, which I've called Tanner Pearson shot a muffin for a while. But, like, Jake Vertanen has a pretty strong shot if he can actually get it on net. Um, this year, he made strides of actually hitting the net. Last year, the amount of times that he missed the net was ridiculous. But, yeah, like, that's why I said, and, like, I wrote it, like, it's, I think we're coming into the first game of the year, and I think that it's going to be Jake Vertanen playing with Pedersen and Miller. Unless they can actually sign a top six guy, the top six is better with, with, and I hate to say it, the top six is better with the lotto line broken up because the second line is so much worse if you have Jake Vertan in there, it's so much better with Brock Besser in there. And I think Brock Besser is a guy who, you know, obviously didn't really look great with the Horvat line and the Pearson line moving in. That's why I really like the Canucks biggest need right now. A lot of people are saying it's on the defense. We talked about it for a long time with Harmon on last episode, yeah. but like the biggest thing they can add right now, Schmidt was a Schmidt was key. They needed a top four more than this, but if they can add a guy who can play with Horvat and it could be, it could just be as simple as Josh Levo. You know, and the latest on Levo is that he's 
the thing that's holding Levo back from signing with anyone is because he can't get that final clearance from the medical team. Like he still isn't a hundred percent healthy. Like he still hasn't passed it. They're, they're hoping that he passes in the next few days here. And then we could see a signing come down, but I think Levo makes a lot of sense on that line. Levo well, is a defensively, you know, gifted player. He's a guy that we saw Louis Erickson fit into that spot because Louis pretty good defensively. He gets to the right spots. He breaks stuff up. Nothing happens when Louis Erickson's on the ice, right? He doesn't get scored on. He doesn't score goals. But Josh Levo can score goals, and he also plays good defensively as a winger. He can play both sides. So, like, you don't have to, like, I know that Tanner Pearson played a lot of minutes with Bo Horvat, but you don't have to be 100% attached to that because Levo yeah. can play the left side. So maybe that line looks a lot different next year. And that's exactly the name I was going to bring up. I was going to say, okay, now you've said all this. Now what if I add Josh Levo in? And I think you're right. Like, I think you want to keep the lotto line together, especially depending on what you do with the matchups, right? You want to keep that lotto line together. Putting Josh Levo on the second line, again, you're worried about the foot speed. That's the only thing you're worried about with Josh Levo. Obviously, Jake Vertanen has that. But again, like Josh Levo has the board battles, has the puck retrieval. He's good on both ends of the ice. You're just a little bit worried about the foot speed, especially... And keep him away from Pedersen. Yeah. I'm telling you. Yeah, especially coming back from a knee injury. You're definitely way, worried about the foot that, speed. Speaking of that, speaking of Levo and Pedersen. Goldie looked good today. Goldie looked so... I got to watch Goldie play. So, like, Pod Colson's team played against CSK, which is Goldobin's team. Goldobin's making plays through his... He's putting the puck through his legs. He's making through his legs passes like he's playing NHL 21. And, like, almost scored a goal today. He was mad at a couple of plays. He played good defensively. He was getting physical. Like, man, I just... What? You know, it was... Where was this? Goldie's a star. There was a... Somebody had a, a picture put up of him. Somebody drew his face like when a very well done like painting <laughs> of him. And the, they did such a good job. I tweeted it out. They like oh they God. panned the camera from the picture that somebody drew Goldobin down to Goldobin's face. And like he's a star, man. He's an absolute star wow. in the KHL. We got to get him on the show one day. I man. think That's you're like, the most likely person to show up to a Canucks game with an oil painting of Nikolai Goldobin. You know what? Yeah, probably. <laughs> I should show up to the press box. My first ever one on one, like as a media member, was with Nikolai Goldobin. Huh. I, I remember going there, like, not knowing how to set up a one-on-one, and, like, this was at training camp, and I was just, like, so I was nervous as hell, and, like, I saw, like, everyone getting one-on-ones with, like, Petey and Quinn and, you know, a lot of the big-name guys. Everybody had Jordy Banks's and Victoria, and then, like, uh, Nikolai Goldobin, I was, like, the guy that I requested, and I was, like, oh, please give me cold. And then he came out and talked. He was so nice. We joked around. We had some fun. We talked about <laughs> vodka. Like, it was a good, it was a really good conversation, and, like, uh, yeah, you know, I think I still have that. I should have aired that on the pod, but I never ended up doing it. I just used it for an article. Um, but, yeah, like, yeah, it was a fun game anyways with him. But back to the Canucks after my Goldie uh, <laughs> digression. I just I just missed the guy, man. Free goal. Like, he's finally been freed. And just You're seeing him be this? freed in the KHL was so nice. And I saw a free Goldie after pushing the movement for so long. He's finally been freed. And I'm just happy. I'm Goodbye, happy for Nikolai Goldobin. <laughs> my sweet little Russian prince. He's gone. So, oh, my yeah, gosh. Back to the Canucks Man, top. You go to the press box. You open up your wallet. And there's just a picture of Goldobin in Faber's wallet, eh? Yeah. Just well, I open up my laptop. And it's my background. It's just a Goldobin <laughs> picture. Oh, my gosh. Shout Goldobin out to the listener of the show, painting. Dave Wilson, too. He sent me two signs. Signed, pick, signed cards of Nikolai Goldobin rookie cards. He got wow. one from the CHL and one from the San Jose Sharks. Both signed. One has a jersey cut into it. Where did he Shut play junior? It was Sarnia, right? Yeah. Okay. You know who he played alongside? Why? Oh, I'm going to forget this now. Reboucher, I, I think. Really? Wow. No, Reboucher is a little bit older. No, I think you're right. He played in Sarnia. Maybe I'm, I'm checking. You, you keep talking. Yeah. Well, anyways, it was it was good to watch him play today. I think they did actually play together around the same time. But that, yeah, it was... It was good. And, yeah, we'll get to Pod Colson later on in the episode, but, like, things aren't looking very good right now uh, with what's going on with Pod Colson. And he, like, he recently just came out in, like, an English article uh, that dropped on the KHL English website. There's some very interesting things uh, said by him in that one. So, interesting times for sure. But, uh, yeah, looking back at the Canucks' top six, Levo makes a lot of sense. You they did it? play together. Okay, good. I thought so. I, thought, I feel like everyone thinks, I just feel like Reed Boucher is like 29, but he's only like 24. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Both so. ripping it up in the KHL now. Yeah, they Let were linemates, I think, too, in the Sarnia. Look but, at them go. All right, the final, yeah, let's round it up with the top six. Like, Levo makes a lot of sense. And then it's like, where do you play Jake? Because then you can keep the lot of line together. If Levo's healthy and he can play on that second line, it's good, and then from there, like you just kind of hope that the Canucks can move some money around for next season and upgrade it because that's like that's not a 
playoff second line, unfortunately. Like Tanner Pearson, Bo Horvat, and Josh Leeville just like it's a fine line. It'd be a really good third line. But that's not that's not a playoff second line, I don't think, unless Horvat's going absolute beast mode like he did these playoffs. I think Tyler Mott's gonna be in the top nine forward group. That's my hot really? take. I, I think so. And I think you could put Zach McEwen in that conversation I would as put, well. Yeah, I would say I'd have Zach McEwen in the top nine. Over Mott? Over Mott, yeah. You think so? I yeah, think I, I think Mott fits the fourth line, like, just the way he plays so well. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I just McEwen think... Can, like, McEwen, when he gets going, like, he gets a lot of chances at certain yeah. times. He doesn't get a lot of ice time. Like, I think of the game against Colorado, I think he had seven minutes, right? Like, he yeah. had seven minutes and two goals in that game. I just think, because you want, you want more lines that you can trust, right? Because we talked about this with Harmon. It's like a Jake Gaudet McEwen third line isn't getting ice time. Right. But a... Jake Gaudet Mott line is getting some more ice time, or a Mott Gaudet McEwen line is getting ice time. Yeah, you know what I get down with, like hard for my top nine. It's like my dream top nine that's actually possible. It would be the Lotto line on the first line. It would be Josh Levo with Horvat and Pearson on the second line, and then it would be signing uh, Hoffman and making that line like they wouldn't get a lot of ice time, but they would be able to contribute offensively. It'd be Hoffman, uh, Gaudet, and Vertanen. I don't know about Hoffman, man. Like. Man, he well, okay. he is dynamic. He though. can like, rip the puck. Don't he get me really wrong. shoots like at a ridiculous rate on the power yeah, play. But but the Canucks aren't going to put him on the power play. He's not going to play on the first yeah, unit, man. Think about the guys that he's going up against if he's playing on Godet's line. Think of the competition that he's, he's not in a top six role anymore. He's going up against third and fourth lines on that spot. But think of how much you'd have to pay him too. Yeah, well, he, I don't. It's, think... it's going to be a one year deal, and he's going to come in at least four million. At least I don't know about that. I don't think. I would bet you that Hoffman signs for less than four million. Wherever wherever he signs, I bet he signs for less than four million. Okay, we're betting a subway sandwich. Subway Yeah. What in the I, hell? I, I'm craving subway right now, so that's what we're betting. Oh my you know the last I haven't had Subway sandwich in so long. Big star, we'll go to Big Star. Okay, I'll bet a big star sandwich on it. Yeah. Um Hoffman signs for over four million. Yeah, I'll take the under on that. Okay, I'll take the over. What if it's not a one year deal? Do we just cancel the bet? Because no. he's probably gonna sign a one year deal. Four mil Av. Okay, yeah, then that it's better for me. Yeah, I was giving you an fine. out there. It's okay. He's signing. He's signing a one year deal. He's not getting long okay. Term. I I think it's under four. I think it's three seven five. It's over four. It's over four. Okay, I'm ha- that's a good bet for me to take. All right, let's go to break, man. We've been oh yeah, going. let's go. So we'll talk to some. We'll hear from our sponsors, and then yeah, we'll come back on the other side. We don't know what we're going to talk about. You're listening to the Canucks conversation. And before we go any further, just wanted to give a quick shout out to the presenting sponsor of the Canucks Conversation podcast, Zephyr Epic, Canada's source for trading card games and sports cards. We open a lot of hockey cards for them, and you can too. You can use promo code CanucksConvo for $5 off your order. They ship free anywhere in Canada on orders over $50, so take advantage of that. Again, that is promo code CanucksConvo at ZephyrEpic.com, Z-E-P-H-Y-R, Epic, on all platforms, on Twitter, Instagram, and join them on Twitch every Thursday for weekly case break giveaways. Chris and I have a lot of fun doing these. You guys should check them out as well. We've been having a lot of luck. We opened a lot of Quinn Hughes cards, and now we're doing the DiPietro diving. You can catch us on Twitter and Instagram opening hockey cards at random times. It's really hard to find out when we're going to do it because we don't really know when we're going to do it. But be on the lookout for that and make sure you go buy yourself some hockey cards, whatever cards you need from Zephyr Epic. Z-E-P-H-Y-R, Epic on all platforms. New Mike's Hard Blue Freeze hits you with the nostalgia of a blue freezy with bold blue raspberry flavor and a refreshingly crisp finish. Mike's Hard Lemonade is a Canadian original made with natural flavors. Chris, this is one of the very few alcohols that I actually enjoy. And man, you got to be careful with these things because they go down like candy. They do. They are probably easier to take down than a freezy because those freezies, they kind of hurt your throat sometimes. You yep. know, the blue freezies. These ones don't. These are just absolutely delicious. Perfect summertime drink. And I'm wondering what they're going to be like in the winter, to be 100% honest. I mean, I had one two days ago. It was kind of cold. It was raining. It was just fine. That's good. Even when you're feeling a little blue, you could go for a blue freeze. Absolutely. And yeah, if you guys haven't tried it yet, go get yourself some Mike's Hard Blue Freeze. And a huge thank you to our presenting sponsors, Zephyr Epic and Labatt Breweries. The Mike's Hard Blue Freeze. Chris, I, I, I drank like three of these before I knew it the other night. And that was... That was that kind of came out of nowhere. Like I said, they go down easy if you're not careful. You guys should have heard the f bombs and the words that Quads was saying on on Warzone that night. Really? Was that no? That was a different night. That oh, was just, just that was sober me. 
<laughs> joking. Anyways, we have to get into a little more Canucks talk. There's not a ton to talk about, so this isn't a mailbag episode, but we did put out a call out on Twitter asking people to send us questions. And I'm we, surprised because the Canucks signed a goalie and you're the goalie guy. You like talking. You know, you don't I want haven't to seen a lot of Keeley. Okay. Ask me about Blomquist. Go ahead. No, I'm not asking. Ask I'm me about Pittsburgh about Penguins draft pick. Pitts, Pittsburgh Penguins draft pick, 52nd overall, I think. Joel Blomquist, ask me about him. No, we don't want to drop hard in the charts. We do okay in Vancouver. Maybe it'll get our Pittsburgh numbers up. Yeah, there we go. Get our Pittsburgh numbers up. Okay, so, I mean, there's one question that has to go to you right away. This is the first one that came in. And someone asked about the history of our bumper song, Robot. Yeah, Robot uh, by Wise Youngblood. Not a lot, but a few people have asked uh, lately on the show uh, or lately on Twitter what the intro song is. And it's Robot by Wise Youngblood. Wise Youngblood is a band that is created in Cedar and Nanaimo. Some boys from there. That's my hometown where I grew up. Went to high school with uh, with Kyle, who is the lead singer for them. And yeah, they they started dropping some awesome music. Went to a couple of their shows. They rock hard. They you know play some covers. Play a lot of their own music. And Robot just seemed to fit pretty good. I liked the way that that song kind of fires up on the intro. And uh, I talked to Kyle, and you know I didn't want to really get hit with some copyright infringement playing some other song, and I didn't want to mix a bunch of other stuff together. So I was like, you know what, this song works, and and I like it, so I I went with it. And yeah, it's nice to support a local band, Wise Young Blood. Check them out. Uh, it's too bad they were really just starting to kind of take off a little bit and do some. I think they did a Western Canada tour, but then COVID hit, so it kind of mm-hmm. sucks for them. Like they were just building some momentum, uh, so I was really excited for the my buddies, like good guys, all four of them, uh, listeners of the show as well. So they like to check in. They love hearing. Uh, the intro every time so that's kind of yeah that's where that came from and and it works like it works great it's a great song the timing yep. i think is right a lot of people say it's too long i hear you but a lot of people like the way i've heard more people say they like the intro song and then think it's too long so those people out there that are tweeting me that it's too long i don't know maybe not enough of you guys are tweeting me telling me it's too <laughs> long because i've heard a lot of people that do enjoy it so that's where that song came from gonna put up a poll in the canucks combo twitter account yeah so be able to do it anonymously because maybe like our, our listeners that we interact with the most and the ones that we like the most actually hate it and they just don't want to be mean and say <laughs> it so i don't know <laughs> oh man okay another question is which canucks are in town this is one i can answer elias Pettersson spending his off season here i can't wait to talk to him about that just what went into that decision zach McEwen as well staying out here he was golfing in langley the other day actually um who else stayed i mean edler lives here uh who else stayed help brock, me out brock besser was in the studio there with patterson in that picture oh and demko was Quinn there too Hughes was there demko was there i think a lot of them i think that was more an old than photo them, was it okay yeah. well maybe because like i feel like more are staying this year than in the past yeah just because like it's only a few months away from the season like ramping yeah, up yeah, again yeah. so yeah i don't know if we can name a full list i mean like, patterson's the king of vancouver already have you seen the hype beast this guy's like look oh, at man. the look at the outfits this guy's wearing man yeah no exactly i lives at holt renfrew that's awesome i i don't know i like it he's he's like one of the very few hockey players who's really showing his personality even the thing like just replying to mr booth on twitter that was so funny <laughs> i love that you know what was the best part i saw uh booth tweeted this out uh friend of the show been on a bunch of times he's a good dude um that he's like his pin tweet is a picture of like Brad Pitt and oh I yes I don't yeah. know I don't know who the the girl is in that picture but he's like yeah. Brock Besser and Elias Pettersson showing up oh my up, gosh or whatever the tweet is like and it looks so, it looks identical yeah it so I want identical like, I wonder what we should do to interact with P because obviously we'll Cla- have him on the show first of all that would be nice uh, Clarissa obviously who who is now with us at Canucks Army. Um, she was kind of like the first to get like a big interaction with him when he made the video. That was absolutely insane. Like, I wonder what we would have to do to get Pedersen out for something. Yeah, I don't know. We'll have him on the show, bring him to Pasta Mori, show him the good stuff. Then he'll, then he'll want to interact with us on Twitter. That would be good. Yeah, we'll, we'll get him, uh, we'll do the whole menu if we get PDO <laughs> to Pasta Mori. I feel like they, that's good enough pub for them. It's like, and then we can try everything on the menu because you know, we haven't tried anything. We just got to get PD to come to dinner with us. That's the hard part. Yeah, that is the hard part. Okay, so. Another question is, would love to hear about your guys' story getting into the industry and the kind of sacrifice that are made to do so. Now, I've answered the first part of this question multiple times. Everybody knows it started by me DMing you. Uh, we yep. didn't really work together for a while, and it's, so it's funny that we ended up being friends. And I was trying we, to get away from you. Every time you came to I the know. spot I was at, I was ready to leave. I'm ready to leave Canucks Army pretty soon. Here. Well, I just become your boss everywhere you go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> After that's you why, help me that's get why started. I'm trying to leave at all these places. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, anyway, so yeah, I became Faber's boss. No. Um <laughs> yeah, I mean I got started at the Canuck Way. Um Faber asked me to join the podcast in January. That's how I got started on the radio side of stuff, and now we're both at radio school together. Struggling. Struggling. <laughs> it's been good though. I, I don't know. I, I, I I'm doing well. I think you're doing well too. You're you're doing a lot better than me. 
That's okay. You're, you're doing, doing 1% well. better than me on every freaking test. I still haven't beat you on one test or assignment yet. That's okay. It probably won't happen over no, our two years. Probably there. not. That's okay. Um, no, it will. I, I'll, I'll... Until we do one-take stuff. When we start doing one-take oh, stuff, I got yeah. you beat. Yep. Just or hear you say nostalgia. That's, I'll ruin you every time <laughs> on the ad they heard that. Oh, my gosh. They missed the so outtakes funny. of what yeah. we were wanting to do. We got to do bloopers on this show because yeah. sometimes we have some funny stuff that gets cut. It's, it's, yeah. Anyways, but yeah, that's kind of how I got started in terms of sacrifices. I think Faber and I can both speak to this. It's not easy to do what we have done to like, I don't know. Like I've, I've pissed off a lot of people by just not like, I'll be what my friends will be. Oh, let's go hang out. And I'm like, no, I got to write. And this was back when I was like not getting paid much at all. And it was literally just cause I was like, I have to do it cause I have to get my name out there and I have to get up in the industry and I have to get noticed and it's yeah. hard to get noticed. Like it is not easy, but you know, you figure it out after a while. I just wrote the, I think the 51 reasons they shouldn't trade Stetcher that I did way back when was kind of a, a one that kind of, yeah, people love your list. Your list, like, that's something that gets you noticed, right? Working on one right now. Working yeah, on one right now. You're struggling on that too, to, yeah. to go along with your school. I am. I, we got to get out of school first and then I'll be able to finish yeah, it. Yeah, I know. We're in like finals week right now for people that don't know, which is weird because like, I don't know. I'm not even going to try and explain it, but they've split semesters yeah, don't in half. Even so like, yeah. We're, I don't uh, want to talk about school on the podcast. We're in finals week though, so it's a tough weekend. Actually, um, funny thing at school, we had an assignment where we had to do a discussion topic where we talk about a talk about a podcast we like that we listen to and like analyze the podcast. You didn't pick this one, did you? No, I didn't, okay. but one of our classmates did. Oh, awesome. Yeah, he was like, uh, he's like, oh yeah, the Connects Conversation is hosted by David Guadrelli and Chris Faber, blah, blah, blah. It was, it was pretty funny because he did a full analysis <laughs> on our podcast and I'm like yeah. reading this and I'm like, wow, that's See, hilarious. This, this is how I can tell that you're a much better student than me. I haven't even started this thing or I haven't <laughs> even looked at this assignment yet. I so. finished it yesterday. I did the oh, podcast no. as okay. my choice. Good stuff. Yeah, I'd yeah. have to check. I'm definitely not doing the Vancast, I'll tell you that. Uh, but like, I think that it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely a lot of sacrifice. Like, yeah, you miss out like, man, like, like I used to drink every Friday and Saturday night with my friends. I don't do that anymore. Uh, unfortunately, I, like, I miss that a lot. Uh, but at the same time, it's, you know, when you, when you have work to do, it's, it's a struggle to, to write a post game report after a dog of a game where the Canucks lose four nothing. And, and yeah, the biggest thing is trying to do something different. That's the thing that I took the most from, from Ryan beach who hired me at Canucks army the first time and wanted to bring this podcast to Canucks army was like, like I'll always remember it. And I'm trying to do it right now because like when he got hired by the Canucks, he was killing it with prospects gifts. Like he was blowing up every single lies Pedersen thing, every single guy that's a sixth round pick or a seventh round pick. Like he was crushing it. And that's like, I still remember like the quote was just like, find something different and knock it out of the park. And like, that's what I'm trying to do with the Canucks prospects right now. And I think I'm accomplishing that. I'm losing a lot of sleep from doing it uh, for sure. But like, even today, like I think I'm running, like I woke up at one, right? I didn't wake up. I stayed up till one uh, to watch Lodiev play. Uh, Dimitri Zlodiev, six-round pick of the Vancouver Canucks, and he doesn't play for the MHL game at 1 o'clock, and then it's like 1.30, I should get to bed, and I find out that his VHL game is at 5 a.m., so woke up for that instead. So, yeah, like I think the biggest sacrifice for me has been sleep, uh, and I know my girlfriend hasn't made it this far into the episode right now, but, uh, yeah, she, I, she, like she's a trooper for dealing with the crap that I have to do for hockey. Like Even like tomorrow morning waking up at 6 a.m., she's like, mad that we can't do anything on Saturday morning because I have to watch Huglander and then write about Huglander. And yeah, it's, it's just like you lose a lot of the, you lose a lot of the free time that you had before, you know? And yeah. like, that's why I really try and take advantage of like, you know, we, we, we joke about like Warzone and like playing call of duty every night, but like, that's like one hour in the day that you can like just separate, you know, yeah. from it. It's, it's actually like very like therapeutic nice for stress. It's yeah. very therapeutic for sure. It's nice to just like relax and, you know, like I, I still try and keep up with my friends. Like, and video games are a good way to do it because, like, you're in party chat with your friends, yep. you're chatting with them. Like, I find it's a really good way to just kind of like relax and not worry about stuff. But occasionally, hockey gets brought up, and it's like at that point, you're talking in a little different way because you're just having fun. So that's a little bit more fun just yeah, to kind of turn it off. But you have to be like to do this kind of thing. Like, you have to be turned on at all times. You know, like you work have never to have stops. It on. Work exactly. never stops, man. You got to keep your phone on you. You got to have post notifications for Elliot Friedman, Rick Dollywall, all the guys, Chris right? Faber. Yeah, <laughs> I know you had mine on for a bit, which I, I do really... still have yours on because I like to see when you tweet something stupid. I normally like I, I you get these days where you start tweeting a bunch and then it's like normally by like you don't like to tweet. People know this. You talk about this on the pod. 
when you start to get to like six, seven tweets in a day, I'm like, oh god, these this is when it starts to get stupid. So when Quad starts saying <laughs> stupid stuff or he's annoyed and he's arguing with someone, like uh-huh. if you tweet more than six times in a day, your tweets are bad. Like I know that at that point. Yeah, I'm pissed. <laughs> if I, if I'm sending more than six tweets, someone said something to really grind my gears, yep. and I'm gonna put them in a grave before my day's finished. <laughs> so that's part of my work day as well. Yeah, <laughs> owning people on Twitter every once in a while. No, I I'm very careful with my with my dunking. Like I uh, I I need to make a burner account because i just yeah. i don't like liking tweets because then you know i've seen people like people have messaged me like oh why'd you like this and like it'll be something political and i'm just like oh like like it was like actually i can give the example it was like a video of uh logan paul no it was a, no it was a video of trump and he said something and uh you know it was from the donald trump twitter account so i like liked it and like oh you're a trump supporter i'm like what the hell how'd you get that from that like i just yeah. like to tweet people from the are, people are sneaking them the things they see that you like yeah like, and like, i was like well i, I still p- like a lot if i think something's even if it's like some dumbasses on twitter like it if they make a good post like i'll like it if they put in effort and made it like a good post i don't care who's like who it is <laughs> like if it's funny i'm gonna like it I, I like a lot of tweets though so yeah i need to get maybe that's good account. like i disguise my likes because i like so many goddamn tweets <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't know. I don't like Twitter. We have to use it for work, though, and I respect that. So I, love I use Twitter, it. Man. Twitter made this show. Twitter did make this show. That's true. Mm-hmm. Twitter kind of made both of us, if you think about it. Yeah, <laughs> most definitely it did. Yeah, that's how we got? first got in touch, too. Jeez, I'm, I'm pulling it up. I right, heard the story a hundred times. Yeah. So this is how I got started. <laughs> no, I'm not going to tell that story again. Okay, we've got a question from JL. Some good TV series or movies to watch while we deal with these dark months without hockey. I'll go first. Go for it. Brooklyn Nine-Nine is like one of my favorite shows. And obviously The Office, like it's a great one. But Brooklyn Nine-Nine in terms of like keeping you hooked and like cliffhangers and whatever. Like, man, I am so pumped for season eight. I'm oh, yeah. so pumped for season eight of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I've been saving it because like I, I watched it on TV before it got canceled. I think it was like season five they had yeah, on one of the Yeah, it got stations. canceled for one day. Yeah, and it then, was on yeah. the one station for five seasons. I watched all of those and then I haven't watched the last three or two seasons that they've had on the new one. So I'm excited to get into that. Yeah, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, it's it's hilarious. It's some of the best. Uh, it definitely rivals some of the office like intro scenes. Like I still think oh, that yeah. like Fire Drill is the best intro scene oh, of all time oh 100 percent for sure but like the backstreet boys obviously the nine yeah brooklyn nine brooklyn nine, uh, nine is good brooklyn nine nine that's the that's like the their creme Pinnacle. de la creme yeah. for intros but um i've got a, i've got somewhat of a hot take for tv shows that you should watch parks and rec is is awesome um, i've heard it's good first season sucks first season sucks really bad and like i think that's what happened like i tried watching it a bunch of times and i got through the first Half of the first season, I'm like, it's just not great. They're trying to be The Office so hard. Like, they have the, some of the same writers from The Office as well. So, like, it's it's a similar kind of comedy. But the first season sucks because they're just really trying to make it look like The Office and feel like The Office, and it's bad. But it gets really good in season two, uh, and it gets really good from there on. And my hot take is Andy and April is better is a better couple than Jim and Pam from The Office. By a mile. Cool. I don't. I don't yeah. know how. Well, to... some people. <laughs> I know. Well, some people at the office like they like Jim and Pam, and I feel like a decent amount of people don't like them. But you know what, JD Burke and I talk about a lot. What's that? Is people on dating apps bolo ties? Their, yeah, we talk about bolo ties a lot. No, people on people on uh, dating apps. Their their bio is just and you know this. You were once on those. <laughs> yeah. They were, it's literally just, just looking for my gym or just looking for my Pam. Just it's like for the Pam watching the office is not a personality trait. And a lot of people need to but, understand that. And respect for Jim and Pam, like still one of my favorite episodes. It's the two parter one where they get married in, in Niagara Falls. Yeah, that's a good one. Still, that's one of my favorite scenes. Uh, one like forever by Chris Brown plays. That's potentially my favorite song on like, like song, like with a song montage. It might be my favorite song montage of any television show ever that's fair it's convinced me that i want to come down the aisle at my wedding to forever by chris brown wow yeah wow one of my karaoke songs um for sure when i was a rookie on the vi raiders uh in the canadian junior football league the rookies had to entertain on the bus rides um so we had like a defensive bus and and like well no we split it up sometimes two bus but we fit on the one bus most time it'd be offense versus defense like who could make the the captains more entertained and i did a rendition of forever by chris brown and that knocked it out of the park. And we used to have like a rookie draft. So like captains would draft rookies and they had to be like entertaining. And I was 20 years old. A lot of these kids were like 17, 18 on this team. Cause it's Canadian junior football league. But I just like randomly showed up 
to to the VI Raiders tryouts and just like I was out of shape, not working out for like two years, and I just made the team. <laughs> like I made the team, and like I just showed up at twenty years old, so I was older than everyone, and I was always like the first pick because <laughs> like like I was always trying to entertain pretty hard on the bus rides. I think I did a pretty good job. Like I remember, is it is it a Beatles song called "Let It Go"? Or let it be. Let it be. So someone's yeah. saying let it be. Like we had to, on a rookie night uh, at training camp, we had to sing a song. Each rookie had to sing a song. And if they got booed, like you got water bottles and all these like fruits thrown at you on the stage. Wow. And the guy in front of me did let it be by the Beatles and he sucked and he got everything thrown at him. And I was like, perfect timing. Because I was singing let it go from the Frozen soundtrack. Oh my gosh. And I was like, <laughs> I'm also going to be singing a song that starts with let it. But I'm singing Let It Go from the Frozen soundtrack. <laughs> and I went up there and belted out Let It Go from the Frozen soundtrack and crushed it. Like, I remember sitting there in my bed, like, knowing that Rookie Night was coming up and that I needed to put on a good show because I didn't want to get pelted with fruits and water bottles and stuff. This so sounds I, like, awful. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want that to happen because it happened to a lot of people. Like, you had to be pretty good. And I remember, like, sitting there in my bed, like, nights before, like, listening nonstop to Let It Go from whatever that artist's name is from the Frozen soundtrack. So I just, like, knew all the words and wasn't going to mess anything up. And uh, yeah, I did it. Did it pretty good. So like, if I get to karaoke, my number one song uh, for karaoke is "Hero" by Enrique Iglesias. Yes, but "Forever's Up There," um, "Lightning Crashes" uh, is another good one. You'll you'll hear that one eventually. When we, God, I can't wait to get back to karaoke bars, man. One of my favorite things to do. I don't. I don't think people would want to hear me sing. I'm not a good singer. I sing a lot. At what my would house. be your song though? Oh man. Well, I know like every Beatles song, literally by heart. Like I could. I could recite the it lyrics. Could be like rookie night all over again. If you go up and sing "Let It Be" and bomb, and people are throwing drinks at no, you, no, I wouldn't go, go for let, "Let It Be." Go That's like that. way too bold. I could play guitar. I, I should bring the clarinet instead of sing. That's what I'll do. No, people would throw stuff at me for sure. Yeah. No <laughs> well, it'd be fun. You know, I'll give them twinkle, twinkle. We'll get some uh, some Mike's hard blue freeze into you, and then you'll loosen up the uh, the vocal cords a little bit. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Well, it'd be a Beatles song for sure. I can yeah. I can I know like every Beatles song. I wouldn't have to worry about forgetting the lyrics. Hmm. I don't know. That's it, what you don't want. You know what? One. Karaoke, I've said this before. I'll say it again. It's only half about how good of a singer you are. The second half is like how much you put on a show. Yeah, that's true. So can I tell another karaoke story? Of course. <laughs> I right. mean, this so, podcast is no longer about hockey. Not, no, this is karaoke conversation. This is the kind of stuff people behind the Patreon get this a lot. Like they get these stupid stories. Yeah. Uh, we're doing, yeah, since it's not like Canucks news, we're doing a little bit of a Patreon style episode. Okay, so one time, the only time at a bar where I've ever had a girl come up and give her number to me, like straight up, like you know, I've asked for numbers before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Turned down a lot, but the only time that a girl's ever like walked up, written her phone number down, and given it to me was I was at the Storm Crow Pub, which is like, I think it's like a nerd bar, is what they kind of go by. Like they have a huge Millennium Falcon when you walk through the front. Where like, is this? A huge. I have no idea. I know how Nanaimo to Nanaimo or Vancouver. Vancouver. Oh, I know how oh, to drive. Oh, okay, and get I know there. this place. Yeah, yeah. It's by some bridge, maybe in like West Van. Where I'm not did you really go sure. there? Oh, man, I don't know. It was after a Canucks game, and I was wearing shorts. And a oh, Trevor... before you knew me. Okay, because yeah, I was going to say, how did no, you not bring me? 20. So I was I was after a Canucks game on a Monday night, maybe a Tuesday, and I was wearing that yellow Trevor Linden yeah, jersey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was wearing red basketball shorts, and I sang Hero by Enrique Iglesias to, like, there was a group of girls, and then one of them was like, oh, it's her birthday. So I was like, I was singing Hero by Enrique, and I was getting into it. Like, I was putting on a show, and I was doing a really good job of it. <laughs> And I like went right up to her, like you know, dancing in front of her, singing, "Oh my you know, I can be your hero, baby!" By Enrique <laughs> Iglesias. And then, like twenty minutes later, she she came over and like uh, had like a what's it called, the coasters. It was like a coaster. And she like wrote her name. She's like, "Are you single?" And I was like, "Yeah." And she wrote her name on there, and I never texted her. Wow! Yeah, How it was her birthday. I, I have it saved in my Snapchat memories, though, like of the phone number. That is hilarious. Yeah, it was a fun. Um, Fun night for sure. Wow. You know, we're going to have to text that number one day. To get her on the show. Yeah, get her on the That's show. Gonna, yeah, it's going to be deep into the off season when that starts happening. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That'd be fantastic. I don't have any karaoke stories. Like well, I know. You any. just you just turned 19. You just turned 19 a couple of years or a year or something ago. So you have any. Have you been to a karaoke night with your friends or anything? No. My That's friends and I, we play cards and we play video games God, together. Man, we are such different people. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. All right, Everybody knows this. Next question. <laughs> well, I have to keep looking at it. I have to look it up. All right. Uh, we've got... Actually, I think that's it. Oh, okay. someone asked us to talk about the lack of Canucks toughness, which I don't really think... Big fellas here. We had him on the show yeah, last Yeah, big episode. fellas there. You know, I don't know. Russell's a little tough guy. I don't know. Elias Pettersson's tough in the way you'd like players yep. to JT be JT Miller's tough. 
Yeah, exactly. Like JT Miller's tough. JT yeah. Miller led them in hits and points. That's what I want. I don't want like, Tyler Mott's tough. He led them in hits per. Yeah, 60. exactly. Yeah, Tyler Mott's mentally he tough. He almost had double the hits on any other Canuck per hits per sixty. Exactly. Anyways, we're, we're not going to talk prospects about report. Someone asks, <laughs> which of you is better looking? You should spend at least a couple minutes on it. <laughs> I'd say you're better looking, but you're taller. Yeah, I know. I have that going for me. Yeah. That's my best trait. Exactly. Is being six foot four. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've got better style than you. I'm not going to lie. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I, my style is Canucks t-shirts and and <laughs> like mostly shorts. Like sweatpants? I, I, yeah, I'm wearing sweatpants. Right <laughs> now. I heard these are nice sweatpants, though. Like These are like black and kind of sweet. I asked uh, the girlfriend when I went on the second date with her, I said, is it bad that I wore sweatpants? You wore sweatpants on your second date? I wore these date? on the second date, and I asked, like, is it wow. bad that I wore sweatpants? She's like, those aren't sweatpants. Nice. Ask her now, now that you've been dating for longer than the... She was just being She advice. likes these pants. Okay, that's fair. Huh. I mean, yeah, I'm wearing I'm wearing like joggers right now. I wear these. Yeah, a lot. like I wouldn't wear what you're wearing. No, I well, I wouldn't. No. All right, everybody. I'm I like my pants to make it past my ankles. <laughs> <laughs> They're just rolled up. Leave me yeah, alone. Sure they are. <laughs> I'm wearing Timberlands. Uh, these brown pants that my family all makes fun of me for, but they're very fashionable. And then I'm wearing a Canucks combo long sleeve. Yeah, that looks good. I'd wear that. Nice. Never thought I'd tell people what I was wearing on the podcast. This is getting really weird. It's like one of those, yeah, what are you yeah. wearing? <laughs> Get the call in. Yeah, so Timberlands, uh, bro. You know what? That's what we should have done. Like, there's not a lot of news. We should have, because we have it now with the roadcaster set. We could have people call in. We like should do that right radio now. Show. We should just call. We should uh, We should make just a phone call Post one of right our phone now. numbers? No, no <laughs> phone call. Yeah, just... Make a quick call. See if uh, see if see if Durant Hello, is available. thank you for calling Thomas Durant. No, there mind. he is. No, nope, we got the voicemail. <laughs> Straight to voicemail. That's where our phone calls. What an episode this has been. I think this has been like no other episode in Canucks Convo history. But I had a lot of fun doing it. Yeah, that's fun. This is what we always do on the Patreon, though. It is. It is. It's just weird. That it's like we're selling listeners. the Patreon, but like if you want to join the Patreon, you should. This happens every week. If, if you, you like this, you might hate this. If you came here for Canucks talk, yeah. Done, like, sorry. Really, really, I feel like we've like kicked ass with Canucks episodes last like. Honestly, like last three months, I feel like we've been knocking it out of the park. Yeah, give us a break. And this is completely off the rails. Yeah, we should just call this Faber and Quads Shoot It. We should call yeah. this episode just, that. This should just be called like the Patreon sale episode. <laughs> <laughs> Please we subscribe need to our Patreon. Patreon. <laughs> Can I give a prospects update at least? At least oh, yeah, this yeah, episode? that's right. That's right. I was like, you, things, yeah. yeah, we've had some fun and it's time to get serious. Vasily Pod Colson today. It was horrible to watch. It was horrible to watch. Vasily Podkolzin's Corsi in that game, 30%. Bad game, all in all. Like I said, Goldobin looks so damn good. Um, but bad game for him. Not like bad on the eye test. Like he was playing fine. He only got a minute 44 in the third period. Like damn. a minute 44. And then this is on the same day that the KHL released an article uh, where they sat down with Vasily Podkolzin. This is good. It's like we don't get a lot of stuff from Vasily Podkolzin, obviously, out of Russia. We don't get anything out of him. Like, mm-hmm. I read every single article that's put out by, like, SK or Ska, which I'm trying to work on. It's not SK. It's Ska. Ska. I'm trying to work on that. Um, so every article they put out, I'm looking for quotes from pods. You don't really get much ever. But this was, like, an all-out one-on-one interview where they sat down with him. Apparently in Russia, um, and a lot of people that, like, are around the sport compare him to Connor McDavid. What? Like that was one of the questions that they asked him. They asked him like, what is it like for you to be compared to as the Russian Connor McDavid? Like, what is it like for you to, to have all these comparisons to Connor McDavid? It was just like, Whoa, like where, where did this come from? Like, Meanwhile, Canucks fans are like, how many goals did he score? Yeah, everybody just wants this freaking basketball fill over here. It pissed me <laughs> off today. I like snap back at, at basketball fill today. Cause he's like, he, he, I just saw a reply come up on my phone and it was basketball fill. And he's like, uh, what are the chances of him making the world junior team for Russia anyways? And I just immediately snap back, respond. I'm just like, oh, piss off. I'm going to come over and smack you like to Phil. And then I look and he's asking about Dmitry Zlodiev. So I'm like, oh, sorry, Phil. Like I just snapped back real quick on Twitter. He's starting to piss me off. And uh, it wasn't oh even, he was actually, gosh. he's like, no, it's a legitimate question. And then I read up and I was like, oh, he's answering to the Zlodiev <laughs> clip that I tweeted out like early this morning. I thought he was just saying something stupid about Pod Colson. Oh, but yeah, so Oh my gosh. That's, that's actually weird. an interesting thing. Like Zlodiev, I wonder what his odds are of making the world junior team. It's this a legit year. question. This year it is a legitimate question. Thanks, basketball Phil, for finally bringing something to the freaking yeah, table. Thanks, thanks, Phil. <laughs> but uh yeah, like I don't I don't really know. I'd have to look at it a little bit more, but I feel like there's not a lot of players his age that are scoring, you know, in more than half of their VHL games. You know, Zlodiev has four v- goals in seven games in the VHL now, so 
kind of impressive. Uh, and I'd be interested to see if he has a chance this year, definitely next year. I think he'll definitely be on Russia next year. Like looking at some of the other players that were drafted in this draft and looking at players around his age, I think there's a serious shot he makes the team next year. But, and you look at who he's playing around, right? Like, yep. He, well, he's he would got make it of those guys. Who is a fourth round pick for the Washington Capitals? The other guy that plays for him, number eighty four. Don't know his name yet, um, but he he was potentially going to get drafted. He didn't, um, and he's an eighteen year old. So that all eighteen year old line today in the VHL looked good, scored a goal, uh, got scored on once, but it, you know wasn't really his fault, I guess, in the end. And uh, good looking, good looking like prospect for him. But yeah, back to Bob Coles in minute forty four in the third period. I think he finished for like eight minutes or just just over nine potentially. And yeah, that article asked him about um, his coaches, and it was like, "What is what have some of the coaches get brought to you?" Or it was something like that. I'm paraphrasing here, but it was something about what the coaches have brought to him. And he kind of talked about how it was really cool being in his first game because his his first line, if you remember this, the first time Pod Coles played in the KHL, his center was Pavel Datsyuk, and his other winger was Nikita Gusev, who was like tearing up the KHL at the time. And this is how he came in, and they started him on the ice for the first time with him. And, like, he talked about one coach saying this, just like, listen, if you've made it here, there's a reason you're here. And it made, and it made, and he said it like it calmed him. It made him, like, happy. Uh, there's another coach he talked about that he had up until major, like, major junior, which is the MHL over there. Um, he was like, that coach helped him a lot with saying, like, you deserve to be here. You worked here. You worked hard. Like, if you're in the spotlight, you're there for a reason. And then it got to the coach that he has right now. And all he said about uh, Valerie Bragan, who's his current coach at Ska, all he said was, like, he knows me and I know him. And then he moved and then they asked, and then he didn't even like say anything else about that coach. That's all he said. He knows me and I know him. And then he's like, and now this coach that we have here covering for him, which I forget his name, um, but he's like, he's in analytics. He runs analytics um, for Russian hockey, like the world mm. Russian teams. Like he runs the analytics for them. He runs the analytics for the world juniors. And he also works for Sky. He does analytics for them too. So he's the coach now. And he's like, and then he came in and brought all this energy and like said that, you know, like wow. came into the room and gave us these talks. Like, and all he said in that whole paragraph was just like that one thing about Valerie Bragg. And it's like, he knows me and I know him. And that's a coach wow. he's had for three years. Wow. Like, like these other coach, this other coach he's had for what, two weeks or three weeks since the COVID outbreak. And he's like praising him and he's praising his other coaches that brought him up. He's praising the coach that was there that, you know, helped him get involved with Datsuk and got him sitting with Nikita Gusev on a first line. And all he says about the guy who's been there for three full years is, I know him and he knows me. Like, I'm tr- like, how can you not read into that, right? Yeah, wow. That's a that's a bombshell on the prospects report. It was. I, know. I mean, you're going to do an article about it for Canucks Army. It's done. <laughs> I wrote that thousand and something word article in like 15 minutes. I was, <laughs> I was so ready to write that because like, I've been pissed off about it for a long time. And I know that like, it just pisses me off because like, I, I wasn't really able to word this in the article. But like, when I see him play, it's like, he has to be the first off. Like he has to keep short shifts. And it's just like, I just feel like that's been like beat into him from the coach. You just like, the, I feel like the coach never like assures him that he's doing a good job. Mm-hmm. Like he's always quick. The first guy to change on his line. I don't know. There's just a lot. Like it just seems like he should come on the podcast so we can tell him. Yeah. <laughs> you're doing great. Vasily. Just keep it up. Sweetie. Yeah, yeah, you're doing great, sweetie. Uh, yeah. So that's, I don't know. I just think that it's tough to see like him compete, how hard he is. And just not get rewarded with anything. So that's my Russian, prospect report. The Russian Connor McDavid. I love it. I'm going to refer yeah, to him as that from now on. I didn't see that coming at all. You Russian know, Connor McDavid. He talked a little bit about um, players around him at his age when he was 15 getting drafted into the CHL. And how he, he thought that route was really good for some people. But he wanted to stay in Russia and he wanted to play with Ska. And like he liked what Ska was doing. He liked the city. He said he loved the city. I think it, it must have been like a weird translation. But like... He's like, everywhere you lay your eyes is wonderful or everywhere you lay your eyes is beautiful or that's something like that. Yeah, it was like, and that's the other thing. Like I try not, I tried to consider that when I was looking at the article and like what he only said about the one coach. So like, yeah, yeah. it's translated to English from Russian. So, but I don't know. I think there's something to read into there because that's what I've been reading to the situation before hearing the quotes from him and then seeing the quotes just kind of reassured me. So it's a tough spot, man. Kids stuck there until this season's over. Uh, everybody's like, can he come? Can he come? Can we get over here? You can't come till the damn playoffs are over. <laughs> Hashtag free pods. And unfortunately, I'll, I'll wrap up the prospects report. Pod Colson, zero points in his last seven games. And Nils Huglander, zero points in his last five games. So Just I'm waking one. up at 6 a.m. tomorrow. Please bring me some. You know what? It's ever since Huglander came on the on the show. Damn. 
Damn. Some of these podcasts, they have a bump. We have a dump. It's the Canucks combo dump, and we just gave it to Niels Huglander. Who plays for? You keep turning it down. Regla. Call, call Durant's real quick. Hello. Thank you for calling Thomas Durant. Yeah, maybe next time. I love our buttons. They're great. Anyways, I think if you don't have anything else to add, I'm going to close it out here. So for Chris Faber, my name is David Quadrilli, and you've been listening to the Canucks Conversation. Hello. Thank you for calling Thomas Durant. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.